What's up, everyone, and welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk. And today, I will be going over the conference championship games uh, from last weekend. I'm sorry, I'm like really late on this. I'm still trying to get used to the, uh, I guess, like the college atmosphere. Uh, you know, living on my own for the first time. You know, getting used to like new classes. Uh, so sorry, this is a little bit late, but I've been kind of just like stumped with a lot of uh, other stuff. Uh, trying to get that organized and everything in my life but uh but i'm here i'm getting it uh, uh right now so hopefully uh it isn't this isn't too late for y'all to uh listen to but uh without the way we'll get into some news before we get into the recap and the first bit of news is dave coley uh, or david coley being hired as the houston texans head coach uh he used to be the former passing game coordinator and assistant head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. And I think from a bird's eye view, you could say, you know, this is a bad hire. He was the passing game coordinator for the worst uh, passing offense in the NFL last year. Or the last two, or not last year, because uh, two years ago, like, Lamar was like, actually, their passing game was actually going. But this year, they were absolutely awful in the passing game. But... I don't know. I'm, this is a wait-and-see type of hire. Uh, I talked about Dan Campbell last week where you get these assistant head coaches into these head coaching roles, and sometimes they outperform uh, these coordinators that get these coaching jobs. Just look at uh, look at John Harbaugh. You look at uh, somebody like a Joe Judge where they're, you know, they're not these offensive defensive coordinators. Uh, both John Harbaugh and Joe Judge were special teams coaches. Uh, coming in when uh, when they got their head coaching job, uh, and I think that's one thing I don't think people really realize is uh, a lot of these coach. There's a lot of other positions other than offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, than the skill positions. You get assistant head coach, you get uh, passing game coordinators, deep uh, or cover two coordinators. You get all these like different scheme coordinators uh, on your coaching staff and especially when you're assistant head coach you're working directly under the head coach and you're going to be learning stuff that the coordinators and the uh or the coordinators and the skill position coaches don't get to learn uh when you're the assistant uh head coach like that so this this is a wait and see hire uh not a lot of people saw this coming uh it seems like just the texas are just trying to sabotage for a uh or sabotage for a number one pick for was it 20, it should be 2022, yeah, the 2022 draft, because they don't have a first or second round this upcoming year, so I think they're a little bit, could be sabotaging a little bit to get the first overall pick in 2022, uh, but we'll wait and see, this is a weird hire, I think no, nobody saw this coming, uh, and I know a lot of people have, like, uh, it, I think, like, issues with Airbnb, uh, Kansas City's uh, coordinator, offense coordinator, not being hired. Uh, I get like I, th- this has been like two years now. Uh, I guess to play devil's advocate here, it's been two years now, and there's been in, uh, each year there's been reports about him not really doing good in his interviews, and I think that could be a huge thing in not hiring as a head coach. He doesn't call plays for Kansas City. Andy Reid does, and you know like he's not doing good in his interviews according to some sources. So, uh, 
that could be a reason why he's not getting hired as a head coach uh, in the NFL. I think a lot of it has. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe he's just not doing good on the uh, his interviews, uh, which some sources are saying that he's uh, he's that he's doing like really terrible in those. Uh, so, and I think that could be a reason he's not getting hired, but. Uh, yeah, I would have really liked to see him get this uh, Texans job, especially I would I, re- I wanted to really see him, I think, call plays. I'm assuming he would have called plays if he got this job, and I would have been very intrigued to see where Eric Benjamin could have done as a head coach. But, you know, maybe he's not ready yet. You know, you, got, you had Steve Wilkes a couple years ago, phenomenal defensive coordinator for Carolina for a number of years, gets the head coaching job at Arizona, and only wins, I think, two or three games that year. Then they go and draft Kyler Murray the next year. So maybe there's a thing that I think Airbnb may need to mature a little bit into that head coaching role. He's still young. He's still in his mid, I think, mid 40s. You know, he's on the younger side of a head coach. So I think maybe he just needs to mature into that head coach yet, uh, or he hasn't matured into that head coach yet, and maybe that's why. Uh, Oh, I think some teams aren't hiring him at the moment, especially when you have some of the, like I said, you have some of the reports come in that he didn't do good on, like in his interviews, in his meetings with these other teams. Uh, but with that out of the way, we'll move into the conference championship games. And I didn't take, I, I didn't get a chance to take notes uh, for this week, so I'm gonna be a little bit scatterbrained a little bit throughout the throughout the podcast. But uh, I'll try to keep it as organized as possible. But, with uh, yeah, so we'll get into the Tampa Bay and Green Bay, the NFC Championship. And I know a lot of people, you know, are mad about that last call. I was one of those people. Uh, I didn't like that pass interference on the, uh, was it third and, let me see here. Yeah, the uh, third and, uh, yeah, the third and four on, uh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. The third and four, where you got the uh, pass interference uh, that ended the Packers season. I didn't like the call, personally. I hated it. Uh, you, you know, they were playing like that the whole game. Uh, you could have pointed out like five, or you could have pointed out around five, maybe even more uh, times that Devontae Adams, somebody on the Packers, got held in the game. And they didn't call it, you know. And there were it was both ways throughout the game, but there was a lot of holding, physicalness on receivers uh, throughout the game that weren't called. And then you decide to call it at the end there, you know. Uh, you know when you haven't called it all game. And this is that's that's always been a problem with me, especially with officials the last three four years, is they're not consistent. They're not consistent in calling games. You know, I would have been fine with the call. You know, I, th- it was, I think it was the right call in logic, uh, in the rule book. Uh, but if you're not going to call that all game, then don't call it there. That's just my that's just my two cents on it. And you know, I think it makes the NFL look rigged towards somebody. Uh, I'm not saying it is rigged. I'm saying it makes it look that way to people or to certain people, to maybe casual fans that oh, they just want a Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes Super Bowl. So they're gonna to try to get Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, uh, and try to work their way into that, especially with Tom Brady having a couple years left uh, in the tank. But 
it just it just doesn't it doesn't give off like you know like I don't, I don't know like Tampa Bay definitely earned it but the way they ended the game it just let the sour taste I think in a lot of people's mouths because it's just the referees once again is being inconsistent uh, throughout the course of a game you know helping a very profitable team like the Buccaneers at the moment go get into a position to go to the Super Bowl or get into a uh, position to or or get them into the Super Bowl with a favorable call that didn't call all game, and you know I got I personally have really big problems with inconsistent refereeing, and I think it absolutely kills sports. It kills the NBA all the time, especially in late game situations. It's, it gets really bad, and it kills the NFL too. I think, and I just think the refs need to be better uh, and be more consistent. But that was my two cents on that penalty at the end and I won't talk about it uh for the rest of the time but we'll we'll go on to uh the game and actual what happened in the game and why I think you know the Packers lost I think a lot of it had to do with I don't think I think the offensive line obviously they played their worst game of of the season five sacks they left five sacks and they left eight quarterback hits throughout the game and this is something I said in the re in the uh predictions where I think uh, Tampa Bay, we've seen a lot. Like uh, point, I point out the Bears here, where the Bears they have Akeem Hicks, they have Khalil Mack. You know, they only get two guys in there uh, that can go rush the passer. Tampa Bay has four. You know, they had Vita Vey back this week, uh, who was injured for the majority of the season. They finally got him back in this game. You had Jason Pierre-Paul. You have Shaquille Barrett, who was the sack leader last season, I think, or he was like at least top three, top three in sacks uh, last season. And then you switch in Dom Kinsu, uh some of these other players that I'm blanking on uh, that they have uh, on their defensive line and that can go rush the passer. They have so many of them that it's you can't just double team one guy and block and uh, try to sing out the other. Like you're going to leave three, at least three guys that can rush the passer on one on ones, and it's not going to go well for you. And I think that's one thing that really hurt the Packers here uh, is that they just left too much pressure. Uh, Aaron Rodgers got sacked in way too many situations. They had a lot of uh, second and uh, third and long situations, especially in the early part of the game where it really hurt them throughout. Also, the Packers made a lot of mistakes in the game. Uh, They made a lot of mistakes. Aaron Rodgers throwing an interception. right before the uh, end of the first half was you don't see those type of mistakes from Aaron Rodgers it was a bad throw it was behind uh, let me see here real quick who uh, who the uh, who who he threw it to here real quick let's see if it shows me uh, on ESPN real quick uh, yeah so it was the Alan Lazard and Alan Lazard had a step on Sean Murphy Bunting who the person who intercepted it he just threw it behind him it was just a bad throw by Aaron Rodgers and I think we're starting to see a trend here with Aaron Rodgers. Something that I think one way you can stop him, just let him choke. He chokes in these big games. And that, that's a that's the thing I think, you know, he won the Super Bowl early. You know, people kind of associate him with, he won the Super Bowl early in his uh, first playoff run or his second playoff run. He doesn't, he doesn't choke at all. It's the team that chokes around him. No, he can choke too. He did not have the best game. Uh, 
uh, throughout this game, and then you go to the last. You can go to that last drive that third on the third and go. Uh, he could have ran and got the ball around the three yard line, and they definitely go for it there. I, I still don't like that decision of kicking the field goal there. Uh, at uh, at the end of the game, there you got to go for a touchdown. You're down by eight. NFC Championship. There's two minutes left. You still got three timeouts. You know, like you still have three timeouts. You want to at least try to score a touchdown. If you don't, then you have Aaron Rodgers to go back, and if you can get in hell mary position, get in hell mary position. But I just didn't like that call there. Uh, the kick of field goals. It's way too conservative. He he wasn't like that in the other two games. Uh, Matt Lafleur wasn't. He was playing very aggressive against the Bears and against uh, uh, the Bears in Week 17 and against uh, the Rams last week in the divisional round. He was very aggressive going in, going forward on fourth and inches and stuff like that. And for some reason, he decided to get conservative in this game and ended up costing them the victory. And you can point to a lot of stuff here that, you know, where the Packers had chances to win and they didn't. Like if you look at their, if you look at the interceptions, like one of the three interceptions that they had in this game went for a touchdown. The other two went on the uh, the other two drives went three and out uh, for the Packers. So you just see that that they weren't able to capitalize on a lot of uh, opportunities that uh, Tampa Bay gave them throughout the game, and ended up biting them in the butt. And you don't see that from a Aaron Rodgers, and you'll see it from the Packer team that has been consistently great through the last, was it 20, almost 20 years at this point, or 30 years at this point since you've had Brett Favre. You just don't see the, you know, you haven't seen the Packers team make those kind of mistakes. And they consistently made it throughout this game. You know, that, it's just, it's a killer when you can only get seven points on three interceptions on three straight drives. Uh, that that's a killer there, especially when you're down only a score on two of them where it was 28 to 23, you get an interception, you go three and out. Next drive, you get an interception. You're still down the same score and you go three and out. You know, it, it's it's just a, it's it's not a, it's not a good look for the, for Aaron Rodgers at all. It, he, I, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't play his best when the, when the most pressure is on him. He didn't play. He did not play good in this game. He didn't play good in the NFC Championship last year. Uh, he played all right in the Seattle uh, NFC Championship, uh, where obviously you had like the Seattle came back in that game and ended up going to the Super Bowl. And then you had the Atlanta one where he got blown out again. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up in these big games. He doesn't, and especially with these most high-pressure games, he doesn't show up in them. And you can look at his playoff history. You know, he has a lot of one-and-dones. Uh, you look at uh, San Francisco when Colin Kaepernick was there. Where he, they absolutely destroyed him two years in a row. And then you had... Uh, and then you had... Trying, uh, I think here, then he, he lost to Arizona his uh, first year there, which I'm not going to take that. It was just a really good performance there. Uh, he ended up coming back like 21 in that game, but... You know, like just Aaron Rodgers, just he doesn't show up in these big games, and it hurts the team a lot. It really does. It hurts the team. And I think the one thing that really hurt them in this game was they didn't run the ball uh, nearly. I don't think as enough or as good as they should have. They didn't keep it with the hot hand. They kept trying to do this running back rotation. You know, Jamal Williams three point three yards a carry. 
uh, that's not good, you know. Uh, you had Aaron Jones 4.5, A.J. Dillon 5.7. I don't know why you're handing uh, Jamal Williams the ball seven times. You know, when you're handing, when you only give the other two six and three carries, and they're actually gaining yards on plays that you need to get a first down to keep this game balanced. And I think one thing, that's one thing that killed them was just how unbalanced they were throughout the game, especially when the game got close. Uh, like the, like the, you can see them like when when uh, when they were down eighteen. Obviously, we want to pass a lot, try to score quickly, but when they were down five. They were down by five with, uh, they had like three possessions in there where they were down by five, uh, and they couldn't convert. Uh, if you look at the, and both of them came off the interception here where, um, yeah, the first three and out, it, it's a pass, a pass, and Aaron Rodgers got sacked on the play, and then you go to the next possession when they're down by, when they're down 28 to 23 in the fourth, uh, a sack, a pass, a pass. You know, they didn't run it at all. They got away from their balanced offense that, kept them it what made this green bay team so great this year was how balanced this team was throughout the season uh and they got away from that in this game they got away from that big time in this game you know 40 48 passes to 16 runs that's huge that's almost uh that is a has a three to one pass to run ratio you know, uh, that just doesn't that doesn't win you games, especially in the NFC Championship. And then you go to you go over to Tampa Bay, you know, you get 36 passes to 24 runs. And the one thing that was different in this game was Tampa Bay ran the ball, even though it wasn't really working throughout the game. You know, I think this is one of Green Bay's best performances stopping the run in the last two years. You know, 3.2 yards of carry for uh, Tampa Bay in the game. Uh, Leonard Fournette had 4.6. I think he, he had a really good game in this game. But you look at Ronald Jones, 1.5. Uh, or, yeah, 1.6 in the game. And they had the same amount of carries throughout. Uh, it just shows you that even when the ground game isn't getting going, Tampa Bay was still consistent with it. And it set up a lot of stuff in their passing game. And it set up a lot of shots down the field uh, that Tom Brady connected on. You look at the Chris Godwin catch where... You know, it wasn't the best throw. They kind of got lucky on it that Chris Godwin made an incredible play, tipping the ball up and catching it. But if you look at a couple of the other plays, the uh, you had a couple plays on the uh, first drive, I think. Yeah, on the on the third uh, on that first third down where it was like uh, it was yeah 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 the third and four where he where they got 27 yards with uh, with Mike Evans just like an incredible play on a play action. And they had another play in there where they had the play action. Then you had uh, the touchdown play on the third and seven to uh, Mike Evans, that first touchdown of the game. So just keeping this game balanced, I think, was what's helped Tampa Bay a lot. And I think that you can see, like, the ever since that uh, record-setting loss uh, against New Orleans a couple months ago, like, they completely switched their offense up. They've become a way more balanced offense, and it's really helped this team out a lot. Uh, throughout this throughout this season, and I think this was, that was a reason that Tampa Bay won this game was they were just more balanced than uh, Green Bay was, and also their defense played better in my opinion. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay's did they got a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, uh, they got a lot of key sacks when they needed to, and 
you know they 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 caused uh they caused some turnover they caused two turnovers in the game very uncharacteristic from a Green Bay team. I think that uh I think had the fewest turnovers in the league uh this year so or at least won the fewest turnovers in the league. Uh they didn't turn the ball over hardly any this year. And I think that goes to show you I almost dropped my phone there. Uh sorry if you like hear like a little smack I almost dropped my phone and try to catch it but uh yeah, but that was just one thing that uh they turned the ball over. You had the fumble, uh you had the Aaron Jones fumble uh, that which led the seven points. You had the Aaron Rodgers interception before half led the seven led to the Hail Mary pass from Tom Brady that was uh seven. So that's fourteen points right there. You know, that's off the board. Uh, and then you could probably flip that for Green Bay and say, you know, put six on the board for them, like say three field goals at the minimum. Or my about two field goals at the minimum, you get six points. You know, like this game, if you flip it here, it's seventeen to twenty, uh or seventeen to thirty two. You know, like the Packers win the game if they don't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, very uncharacteristic from them. And the reason I'm like kind of like not taking, uh, I, you know, like, well, what if, uh, you know, the Buccaneers did, like, but uh, didn't turn the ball over here? Uh, yeah, say, uh, but Green Bay didn't convert on those. They converted on one. You take that one away, it's 25 to 17, and Green Bay still wins the game. You know, like, Green Bay's turnovers hurt them more than uh, Tampa Bay's did. And Tampa Bay just outplayed them. I think uh, Mount Fuller got outcoached. And I think Aaron Rodgers just had a bad game. He choked in this game. I think he did a lot. I think Mount Fuller choked in this game as well. He didn't have a good game plan coming in. And it ended up costing them the game. And this is a good win here by, a great win here by Tampa Bay. They go to their second Super Bowl ever. Uh, and Tom Brady going to his 10th Super Bowl. So this is going to be interesting. But... We'll see what uh, happens here. So we'll move on to the AFC Championship. Uh, yeah, the Bills and the Chiefs. And I think one thing that really caught my eye in this game here was uh, the I think what Kansas City did on third down in this game. And you've seen that a little bit in the previous game against, uh, which I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, the against uh, Cleveland too, where they uh, they eliminated those deep deep dropbacks from Pat Mahomes. That was get him in the sacks. That was get him into bad situations. Uh, and they started being a lot more successful on first and on second down throughout the game, where they were in third and mediums a lot. They were in third and shorts. They weren't in these third and longs like they've been all season. They're uh, I think they're bottom five or bottom six and uh, yards to go on third down. Like they have a they have a huge margin to go on third down, uh, and a lot of that has to do that they're not successful on first and second down. Kansas City's not, but in the last couple of games against Cleveland against uh, Buffalo here, they have been very successful on first and second down. I think it's a huge uh, win here for Kansas City is they just. You know, they, like when you get them and when they're able to get in these third and mediums, these third and shorts, they convert them like 90% of the time. Uh, it's probably, that's not probably even close to the statistic, but it feels like a 90% conversion rate every time they get into one of these third and mediums or third and shorts. Uh, and it also takes away Pat Mahomes because when Kansas City is in a third and long, 
they usually have Pat Mahomes drop back 10, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and then just launch the ball up. Uh, and that's where you see some of those uh, faults in Kansas City's offense where they stall out throughout the course of a game here. And you, you haven't seen that in the last couple of games. And, you know, like like I said, they've been third in mediums, third in shorts, they're not in third in longs where you're putting Pat Mahomes in some bad situations, dropping back really far. You get to play like you see in the Miami game a couple or about a month ago at this point where he gets sacked for about 20 yards. Uh, you don't see those type of plays anymore. Like you're seeing... Uh, you're seeing Kansas City's offense be more fluid throughout the game, and I feel like they never stalled out in this game. I did, did, did uh, I almost I started there, <laughs> I started there, but I don't think they uh, stalled out. They didn't stall out in the Cleveland game either. With uh, when Pat Mahomes was in the game, they didn't stall out either in that one. So, like Kansas City's offense, they fixed what their problem was uh, in the regular season. And they've been able to be a lot more fluid on offense. And they've cut those, uh, I think, those stagnant moments out in games. And I think a lot of the credit has to go to Andy Reid and what he's been doing and getting positive yards on first down in this game. And if you kind of look at it here, uh, another thing here was they they kept a balanced, I think, a balanced approach. In this game, they didn't run it as much as they did in the first game, but they were very effective running the football. 4.6 yards a carry on 25 carries, and 114 yards and two touchdowns. Like they were able to uh, run the football very effectively, and I think it's one thing that it, it, that's the thing that killed the Bills the whole season was not being able to stop the run, and they couldn't stop it in this game, and it just opened up so much for this uh, Kansas City offense. Where you've seen like a lot of RPOs that uh, Pat Mahomes hit the Tyreek Hill, where Tyreek Hill would go and get a lot of yards on uh, a couple plays there. And you look at, uh, I think one thing showing here too uh, is like they let up a lot of 40 plus yard plays in this game. I think they let up a couple to Tyreek Hill. They let up uh, a, that jet sweep to Mar- uh, McCole Hardman. I think that set up their first touchdown of the game. And that's one thing that you can't do against the Chiefs. You can't let them get those big plays. You have to force them to uh, go down the field slowly. And the Bills didn't do that in this game. Like, Chiefs were getting chunk plays on them throughout the course of the game, and the Bills just couldn't stop them uh, at all in this game. But going to the Bills here, uh, I think one thing that... uh, I think really killed the Bills in this one was obviously not running the football enough. And I I knew that was going to be a problem, especially when you uh, looked at the Colts game. And uh, if you watched throughout, I, I forgot who mentioned it, uh, but they were talking about how Buffalo doesn't run the ball. They're actually one of the teams that runs the ball the least in the NFL. And I was like, that's going to be a problem against one of these teams like Baltimore or, or Kansas City here where you're playing to the strength of their defense, which is their secondary. You know, Kansas City's not that good at stopping the run. And if you look at it in this game here, uh, you know, they left 7.2 yards of carry. A lot of that was Josh Allen. Uh, they, yeah, they, Devin Singletary, the main back for Buffalo, only at 2.8 yards. But if you like TJ Yeldon, 5.5 yards of carry. And I think a lot of that, like Josh Allen, I think needs to play hero ball. 
I think he needs to play hero ball a lot more. He needs to run the ball a lot more. Like he should have been around 15 carries in this game. Uh, because when Josh Allen was scrambling, when he was running for first downs, this Buffalo team was moving the ball very effectively uh, throughout the game. But when he wasn't, when he was trying to look the pass way more than what he should have, you get the interception, his first ever, his first career red zone interception, where uh, where it was like, a, I think it was an RPO, and the run was covered, the pass was perfectly covered, and he just tried to fit into a small window, the ball gets tipped up, gets intercepted. He just needs to, I think, he needs to run up play, he needs to use his feet a little bit. He decided, he wanted to be a pocket passer in this game. He, I think he wanted to prove something, like he can, he's like, he's a better pocket passer than Pat Mahomes, and it just didn't work out in this game. I think he didn't utilize his strengths well uh, in this game. Like, like, he ran, instead of, uh, I guess trying to move in the pocket, step up in the pocket, like I think he's been so good at, like taking hits, throwing the football. Uh, he didn't do that a lot in this game. He decided to run back 20, 15 yards. He did this a couple times. I think the most prevalent one was the uh, where he had the like five personal foul penalties, uh, where he ran about like 20 yards and put him from a 20 yard fi- or around a 30 yard field goal to a 50 yard field goal. Uh, and he just, I think he needs to. Uh, I think he needs to step up in the pocket a little more. He needs to look to run instead of looking to make something in the passing game. If if he just, uh, I think just uh, took the ball down, ran ran for a first down a couple more times in this game. I think this game's a lot closer at the end. I think Bills have a chance of winning this game uh, if he runs maybe four or five more times, picks up a couple first downs, and I think the Bills are are in really good shape in this game. Also, one thing is I think Cole Beasley should have been more involved in the first half. I feel like he wasn't involved enough in that first half. They started getting involved a lot more in that second half. And you've seen the Bills offense once again start to, uh, you know, start moving the football a lot better uh, with Josh Allen running the football a little bit more in that second half and then getting the ball out to Cole Beasley. And it took some pressure off of Stephon Diggs. Uh, throughout the game, I think that's one thing. The Bills, I think, need to utilize more is Cole Beasley. Like they didn't utilize him enough. I don't, I don't think he had a he, he had a huge game, seven receptions, he had nine targets, but he probably should have had twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen receptions, you know, in this game. And that's one thing. Like, like yeah, he has a good game. You know, if you see that in the regular season. Uh, in most games, they probably win if Cole Beasley's getting seven receptions, 88 yards on nine targets, you know, and Josh Allen's running the ball, seven carries, uh, 88 yards, but you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship. You know, you need those to be a little bit more than that, you know, uh, to especially knock out the top dog in the AFC. You need Cole Beasley probably to get like 15, uh, have like 15 targets, maybe 13, 12 receptions. You need Josh Allen run the ball maybe 12 to 15 times just on scrambles. And I think the Bills play a lot better. I think they move the ball more fluently. I think they win the game, for being frank with it. Uh, but instead, I feel like they got away from what they do well, uh, and it really cost them this game. Uh and uh, it really cost them in this game. I think another thing is, they were, I think they were way too conservative as well. Like I uh, talked about Matt LaFleur kicking the field goal at the end of the game there. I think 
the Bills were too. You look at uh, you look at the fourth and three on Kansas City's thirty-three yard line. Like you got to go for it. Uh, I think you have to go for it uh, if you're the Bills. There, you need to score touchdowns against the Chiefs. You can't score field goals. Um, another one. Uh, let me let me go down here and like a couple of their fourth downs here where they could have been aggressive uh, on a couple of these drives. Uh, let me see if I can uh, scroll down a little bit. Right, the field goal before half. I think they they took way too long on that. I think. Yeah, you're on the two-yard line. Go for the touchdown. You know, go for the touchdown. Don't go for the field goal. The field goal is not going to win you the game. And I think that's another thing. Like, they could have they could have had more points on the board, like, anyway, without uh, if they would have tried to go and score touchdowns. But I don't know what they were doing. They wanted to, uh, like, they are playing way too conservative. You can't, you got to be aggressive against the Chiefs. You got to play uh, balls out. You got to, uh... You get the ball out of my bag. I can't say the term wrong. It's gonna sound weird on the podcast, but yeah, ball out. You got to be aggressive. You got to, you know, every every position counts against the Chiefs, uh, and they didn't make every position count at all. You had another one. We had a fourth and three on the eight yard line. Yeah, on the eight yard line, they kick a twenty seven yard field goal. So there's three possessions there where they get field goals. Where they're kicking the ball on uh, fourth and three, you know, like or yeah, fourth and three, very close to the end zone, uh, and they're and end up being very costly for them. You know, that's twelve points off the board, and where they have uh, thirty six at that point. If they go and they save the score touchdowns on those drives, they go and play for the touchdowns instead of the field goals. That's thirty six. And then you take away that interception by Josh Allen, just a bad play by him. Uh, in the red zone there, like, Bills may win the game 39-38. Like, Bills, I think, were a lot closer in this game. But for some reason, they decided to play conservative instead of aggressive and end up costing them in this game. But I think the Chiefs had a great game plan coming in this game. Uh, they ran the football very effectively. Uh, they took away what what actually hurts their offense, which is stop it. Which is, Getting some positive yards on first and second down, making those third downs not long, and really controlling the pace of the game. At Kansas City, uh, after the Bills went up ten to nothing, Kansas City controlled the pace of the game, and the Bills couldn't keep up with them. And that was one thing that was really uh, costly for the Bills is like they let the Chiefs take control of the game when they were in full control of it. And uh, it, it, when you when you let the Chiefs do that, you're not going to win. So that uh, what a, it was a great win here by Kansas City, and that's going to wrap up the recap. I know it was a little bit scatterbrained, a little bit I didn't have notes uh, to go over. I didn't have time to take notes, so just kind of like rewatch the highlights, and then just kind of looking at stats while doing this, uh, try to form like an opinion and stuff like that, but. Just thank y'all. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you share it, like it, rate it five stars, and uh, yeah, if you have any criticism, just uh, let me know. I'm always open to criticism. I'm always open to making this podcast more enjoyable for y'all to listen to, and uh, making it more my uh, vo- or my thoughts more fluid and uh, I get my points across a lot better to y'all. 
especially uh, in uh, especially uh, you know me doing like this type of thing where maybe I don't have time uh, to write notes down I can just go off of some of this stuff but uh, just thank you all again for listening. I'm sorry I got this out late. Uh, I'm sorry this, this one's a little bit scatterbrained a little bit too as well. But uh, I, like I said earlier, I had some stuff, uh, especially with college, you know, with all all the stuff, me, uh, uh, me moving out to college and then uh, trying to get used to all this stuff, getting some homework in there and stuff. So I uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit, had a little bit delayed this a little bit, but good thing there's no games this week. So I was able to, you know, get this out, and I still get this out on time, and still able to do it uh, before the Super Bowl, but hopefully the Super Bowl uh, one will be up next, uh, either next Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. I'm going to try to get that up. I'm going to uh, try to get it up a couple days before uh, the weekend, so it gives everybody the weekend to listen to, or it gives them half a week to listen to it. And hopefully the Super Bowl is enjoyable for y'all. We're not going to have a Pro Bowl this year, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, just enjoy. I would say enjoy basketball. Uh, if you're in the basketball, enjoy, uh, you know, whatever sport you're enjoying. Because uh, football season, we got one game left, and it's uh, over for a while. So, you know, and and then the next big event, uh, you have to get free agency. You have to combine and stuff. But the draft isn't for another uh, – you know, like almost two, almost three months uh, after the Super Bowl, and that's like the huge event, the next huge event for the NFL. So, uh, yeah. So as they enjoy these last two, uh, enjoy especially this joy this last week and a half of uh, the football we got for 2020, 2021, and just make the most of it. Uh, it was a fun year, and we'll be back for. I'll be back, and hopefully we can get Houston uh, back for the Super Bowl predictions. Uh, was it the Super Bowl predictions for uh, my mind's going link here uh, for yeah for uh, wasn't that next week yeah yeah next week's uh, Super Bowl so yeah uh, yeah so it's going to be out either Wednesday afternoon or uh, Thursday morning next week so yeah just thank you all again for listening and I will see y'all or talk to y'all then bye.